2: Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast.
1: Bring us in, babe.
2: Welcome to Coco Caliente
1: hello everybody i am so jacked up on coffee right now
2: yes he is shout
1: out to everybody that enjoys coffee with their creamer who
2: enjoys their (laughs) creamer with coffee
1: (laughs) (laughs) you didn't even like creamer before i introduced you to a new world
2: yeah a bad world
1: a whole new world
2: i i mean who doesn't like creamer i was just being like i was way more fit before you came in my life i'm just gonna drop that there
1: uh the irony you got with <laughs> L fit Vic and therefore got less fit. Yeah. Well, I did get less fit. Cuz your
2: secret habits are bad.
1: I do, and they are they're really bad. But and I, I actually I didn't
2: even eat candy and chips before you came into my life and now that's all I eat.
1: I'm so bad at that. Oh. I know. And you know what? For for me it was a hard time cuz I gave what what did I get up to? I got to like 200 and like 10 Yeah. or 215, something like no, that, something crazy. No, 210. <laughs> Two ten.
2: I thought two hundred five was the most you told me.
1: No, I think it was like 210, 215. What do
2: you weigh
1: now? I'm at one eighty three.
2: Oh wow! Yeah.
1: yeah, I dropped a lot of weight.
2: So you dropped like thirty pounds? Uh,
1: total? From that time from your heaviest? Yeah, from my heaviest, but from when I was when I started like consistently working out, mm-hmm. uh, it's maybe like eighteen to twenty pounds, something like that. But what I was getting at is when we got that cardboard cutout of us from Big Brother, yeah. where we were there, we were superheroes. Yeah. it was so hard to look at that and see you are fit, chiseled, and I'm like, Aah.
2: well, now you're chiseled again.
1: I'm not. I'm just skinny, but it's you it's are just cool. Skinny. Um, and
2: your hair looks really cool in that in that cutout.
1: Yeah, it does. I miss that hair. A me little too. Bit. I know. You were mad when I cut it.
2: Yeah, I was. You yelled at me. Yep, I
1: did. I felt punished. You should. It's like I was in the principal's office
0: getting yeah and then you
2: tell everybody i yelled at you now you're telling everyone on the podcast you like love to tell this story about how i yelled at you for cutting your hair i feel like it's something you should have consulted me on (laughs) it's like something i look at every day too i don't get why you didn't think about what i thought if i just go shave off my eyebrows and didn't ask you
1: that's a little extreme (laughs)
2: it's not i
1: wouldn't even be able to tell your expressions that actually might be a good thing shut up (laughs) the well the fun well not the funny thing the good thing is and now we all know for sure when people play those games would you love me if i walked like this or if i talked like that or if i laughed like this now it's like i know that you would love me if i had long hair short hair no no hair. hair no beard long beard stubble all combinations
2: i didn't go for you for your looks
1: well now we know that That's not a thing. Or maybe it is a thing. Or maybe I just look so good in all those different aspects. Yeah, that's actually it. You actually
2: do pull them all off, so (laughs) it's not that hard to look at.
1: Oh, thank you.
2: But had you been not able to pull it off, (laughs) we may not be together right now. You just leave me? I just
1: show up bald and you're like, "Uh." I'm joking.
2: I would never do that to someone.
1: Well, let's see what happens if you shave your eyebrows. Let's do that. Shave your eyebrows. I'm
2: not doing it. And
1: then... I'll be like, baby, I still so love you with no eyebrows, even you though I love can't tell. You love me, even
2: though sometimes I have to shave my nose hairs.
1: Yes, That's I do. That's probably
2: TMI, but no, like my nostrils are the skinniest nostrils in all the land.
1: <laughs> she can't even fit my nose trimmer in her nose.
2: Like it's, I'm afraid I cannot fit an NG tube in my nose. I would have to do a child one.
1: Um, For anybody that doesn't know what that is. A mesogastric
2: tube that you would put through your nose and goes into your stomach to help. Uh, so you don 't have to use your mouth to eat in the hospital oh, setting, okay, okay. yeah, um,
1: I knew what that was. just just everybody um, else out there
2: and so for some <laughs> reason, my nose like tips up a little bit
1: you do you have that uh, Cindy Lou Who nose, yeah. yeah, and
2: so then the hairs can come out because i don 't have
1: cause Cindy its Lou like who's the Grinch.
2: up, so then sometimes I shave my hair in my nose, which is like okay let 's be honest, maybe once a year, do you know yeah. what I mean like yeah. You well, who doesn't? Do if you, if I you, don't think people do. If I don't you think don't, girls though, do. you're not
1: taking you're, I am just taking the proper precautions for myself to do everybody else a favor, so they don't have to look at my nose hairs if I'm talking to them in a little bit closer but proximity. I
2: don't, yeah, and you I, know? Don't, like, I don't have to do because
1: I'm not going to lie. There's people where nice people has mm-hmm. nothing to do with the person, but I'm just sitting there, and sometimes I'm just like, I can see two nose hairs. Well, you better out.
2: tell me if you see them.
1: Yeah, I know, I know. Because, I mean, it's like you're I really do you have to really close to And you tell here. me. You tell me, hey, you got some... I'm like, oh, you thank you. You do not
2: tell me. You've never told me I had nose hairs. Don't say that you've told yeah. me. Yes. No, yes, you I haven't. have. Yes, I have. I would have remembered that because I would have felt really bad.
1: Well, uh, I would okay. have gave him a
2: lot more than once a year so if you, you see had that. told
1: me. You see that right there. That is the problem sometimes <laughs> in relationships when it's like... I need you to tell me these things so I know. And then you just now confirmed, had I ever said that. Had I ever said that? I'm
2: happy you don't comment on my nose hairs. I think about that to myself. Like, oh, Vic's never said anything about my nose hairs. Trust me, I wouldn't know if you did. Maybe you say it in your mind. Now I know you're thinking about it and you've never never said it, which is 10 times worse. No. So now you're in trouble. You
1: see, and where's the happy medium in that? Because as in a relationship, I should be able to tell you things without you being triggered and feeling some type of way.
2: I'm not going to really be mad at you. I will be happy. I hate when you don't tell me when I have something in my teeth. So I, I would be happy. I
1: genuinely don't see it until I huge. see it.
2: It's absolutely gigantic. Well, when gigantic. I see it, I tell you, I'm like,
1: oh, you got something in your teeth. And then you, then you're like, well, dang it. We ate like half an hour ago. Why are you just telling me now? Who yeah, have I talked to between now and then? And I'm over here like, well, I didn't notice it till just now. So. Most of
2: the times I look in the mirror and I say, you didn't see this on my, in my teeth. And well, you'll say nope, and well, I'll say well, you need to look at you need to look at me better.
1: Let's maybe take some precautionary steps beforehand, and before we leave said restaurant, go into the bathroom and open the I mouth, do. rinse out a little bit.
2: No, I just go do anything in my teeth. Yeah. I do that to everyone, even yeah. strangers. Do you know what that made me think of? Hmm. Was crap
1: oh and guys we do have a a guest today i know we're going off on this little banter but we have an amazing guest today it's Um, going to be exciting and we'll tell you about it in a little bit but nicole has something to tell me
2: yeah gosh you can't remember it was about hold on let me just think It was about the teeth and then i was like oh yeah do i have anything in my teeth and then god this coffee's good i don't know so
1: you know what though i got home yesterday and we're getting ready for bed, right? Nicole has the house looking all nice and pretty, and I'm like, oh, this is great. I'm going to sleep amazing tonight. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, I, can can you make the noise? Can you no. make the little...
2: <laughs> I can't. Can you?
1: <laughs> no. And, I, and, and I'm just going to say that, I guess, uh, and I start hearing a cricket. I don't know what the cricket noise is. Like, I
2: think you just say, cricket, cricket.
1: Yeah, it's like, cricket, cricket, cricket. And I'm like, where the heck is this coming from, right? Like, this is not... This is too loud to be outside.
2: Okay, backstory. Vic's been gone for like a week working and yeah. I've been hearing this cricket every day.
1: And then so Nicole says, Nicole's like, no, it's nice. It's peaceful. It's like, you know, the wilderness. Yeah. And then in there's the, like a
2: zillion outside my house. So well, and
1: in the morning though, it's still going and it's going hard, like loud. Yeah. And it's more annoying than anything. Like I, I it started
2: to give me a little bit of anxiety to be
1: honest. <laughs> She's like, can you get this thing? And I, and I, I can't just, find it. I
2: said, just free it because clearly I'm like, Vic, why is it making that noise? Is it looking? looking for a mate
1: oh so then i did my research there's no
2: other mate in this house
1: and this is what i came up with and this is what it says crickets chirp for several reasons but only the male crickets can chirp they have a file and scraper body part on their wings that make the chirping noise crickets have different sign or different songs for different purposes the chirping that is most common is that of a male trying to attract female crickets
2: what's the other ones I don't know. Like a help call? Maybe that was a help call.
1: I mean, he's like, I'm lost. Because
2: that's why it was very, it felt like it was getting more aggressive.
1: Yeah, this morning it was like back to back, like cricket, 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 cricket. Yeah, I was like, so whoa. So I think
2: it was calling for help. Like and- an alert then i victor was supposed to find it he can't find I it i can't find
1: it and i don't want to be aggressive cuz we don't want to hurt it we just want to set it free and as well, as we were talking about that nicole found i don't know what type of house that we have she found a <laughs> yeah i know we got bugs all over this house Stop. she found a freaking grasshopper with one leg and by the door it was so
2: sad it was like crawling but he wasn't the door. bleeding
1: he, he wasn't no. he was it didn't look like he was bleeding or anything it looked like he was just slow moving looks and like then,
2: he finally got to the destination he's been working at for months and, and it was so, like a movie like a bug's life and i open up the door and everyone's the answer cheering yeah
1: and he yeah and we helped him out he jumped out and now he's outside in the free world he can world. still
2: jump with one leg yeah I do he jumped not know- hard yeah Maybe he came in here with what I like to think is he came in here with one leg. I mean, there's nothing to attack you with in mm-hmm. here. He's pretty and safe And he was in here. recovering, and then now he wants to go back out.
1: And speaking of the cricket, I feel like if I was a cricket and I had a cricket song, it'd be like salsa or merengue.
2: Okay, do it then.
1: It'd be like kick, 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 kick. Cricket, 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 I don't know. Why
2: do them guys only get the calls? Like, what the heck?
1: Same with, like, peacocks. Peacocks are the ones that are, the male peacocks are the beautiful ones with all the colors. Because <sighs> they're yeah. trying to attract the females, you know?
2: They, like, they, hey, they, baby. They don't give in.
1: You want this right here? No. You want this right here? No. Mm-hmm. You want this right here? Stop. You like these colors, baby? You like these purple and violet and blues? Oh
0: my god! You
1: want this right here? Yeah. So uh. that's kind of what I, <laughs> that's kind of what I see uh, when we do that but
2: that's what you see when a peacock that's (laughs) kind of now i'm going to think of it and i kind of like it
1: (laughs) you like this feather right here baby how about this one looks like an eyeball boom Mm. (laughs) this one with a white circle over here boom how many eyeballs i got baby
2: (laughs) (laughs) what i okay so i was thinking if i was a bird Uh uh-huh the only bird i'd want to be is a dove because why vic do you know
1: because that's god's bird
2: because it's it only mates once
1: Oh. And
2: I always see, so if I see a dove, I'm always, not even like the white doves, just they're brown. They're almost brown. They live in Michigan. Okay. And you look for one and then it's so cute. There's one right next to it or maybe up on the power line looking down on it, Mm. but it's so cute. All these other birds are playing the field.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And actually, if I wouldn't want to be a dove, I would want to be an eagle just be like super high up, huge bird, pinpoint eyesight. Like they could see, I don't know. They could see a worm from- you're a
2: big predator.
1: Just taking care of his family, you know? No. That's all he's doing. You're a predator. Just being a a bald eagle. Um, (laughs) Anyways.
2: I wouldn't want to be a bird, P.S. Anyways. I would be an elephant.
1: Let's get into- Oh, elephant. (laughs) That was not bad.
2: Oh, also, I'm boycotting Jimmy John's. Oh, that's... you just told me this morning.
1: Story for another day. Oh,
2: fine. Guys,
1: look it up. You can look it up. Uh, just Google Jimmy John's boycott owner elephant, whatever. Uh, look that up, but we're not going to get into it. Um... So how many of us, I mean, this happens to everybody, like you, you finish work or you're or you're done studying or back from class or whatever it is and you're at home, you put on your, your sweatpants and you're just lounging around and you're like, what the heck am I going to eat today?
2: Yeah, that's <laughs> pretty relatable.
1: Yeah, you have nothing in the fridge. You don't feel like cooking. You're like... Oh, or you just
2: have like a frozen pizza or something like that.
1: Yeah, and you're like, I don't really want to eat that. I want to eat something different. Well... They have an app called DoorDash. Yeah. And so basically DoorDash connects you to your favorite restaurants in your city and ordering is super easy. You literally open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be delivered to you wherever you are.
2: Yeah, and it's in all 50 states and in Canada. So that's super cool. They
1: Um, have over 340,000 restaurants in 3,000 or 3,300 cities. So,
2: I think the worst thing for going out to eat for me is getting ready. So if I could get the food I want in my living room... Like, why not in my comfy
1: clothes? (laughs) Right? 100%. And so right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code COCO.
2: That's $5 off your first order when you download DoorDash app from the app store and enter code COCO, C-O-C-O.
1: Don't forget, that's promo code COCO for $5 off your first order from DoorDash. Enjoy. So anyways, we do have a guest today, guys. Mm -hmm. Anthony O'Neill. Very insightful. He's a he's a well, I thought he was like super young. (laughs) And he still is young, but he's he's a he's very smart. He talks about investing in your future. He targets millennials. He really wants his goal for everybody is to go to college for free. Yeah. How to have your families help you save and how to get the scholarships that you need. And basically how to live a budgeted life so you can have a retirement. Because honestly. There's no pensions really nowadays.
2: And how to pay off your debt.
1: And how to pay off your debt. Because
2: he's someone who you'll hear his story, but mm-hmm. he has gone through it all. And so it's so awesome to see him now giving advice and things he wish he knew when he was younger.
1: Exactly. So, yeah, this is. And it's
2: good for parents, too, to, uh-huh. to think about the guidance that you can give to your children, um, things that might be obvious to you that aren't obvious to them. Yeah. So on so forth because Vic and I even had total opposite journeys. Yeah, while we were in college, while saving for college, um, how we paid for college, and actually how we paid for debt and all that. So yeah,
1: so it's definitely a great conversation for anybody to listen to. Good advice. Hope you guys enjoy.
2: Enjoy.
0: Hello. Hey, Anthony, this is Victor Mm -hmm. and Nicole. Nicole, man, listen, you guys, (laughs) amazing. Thanks so much.
1: No, no. Thank you so much for being on uh, Coco Caliente, uh, the podcast.
0: (laughs) Oh, man.
1: Yeah, we did. Uh, we we're, we're happy that you're going to be on the show. Yeah, uh, for sure. You seem uh, very insightful. Insightful. You for us, you're like uh, we we listen to this podcast called Armchair Experts, and he does a segment called Expert on Expert that we really enjoy. So we like bringing people that we believe to be experts.
0: <laughs> yeah, I love it, man. This is this is great stuff. When I first got the invite, I was like, seriously, oh, like for real. The uh, young lady I talked to listens to y'all's podcast, and I told her that she said, "Oh my god." When is it coming on? I was like, I don't know, but I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it,
1: it's really, really a pleasure, and we we did our research on you, and I think you're, I think you're very inspirational, very yes. insightful, uh, and and you have just a lot of information for people that you know can be very helpful to their lives. I mean, just finances in general, right? That's something yes. that's not talked about a lot, especially to like kids, you know. Yeah. And 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 I feel like that's a conversation that we need to open up and help people learn about, you know.
0: Oh man, I love it. I love it. Well, I'm, I'm grateful for the opportunity and uh, I'm excited and, and just let me know what you need from me and we'll make it happen.
1: Yeah. So I guess just right off the bat, what we want to start with is I, I guess the bread and butter of uh, why you even began this whole thing is your background. Like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. you know, what brought you into this field and, 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 and kind of like your upbringing and, and everything that has to do with that. So I'll let you take it away from there.
0: Oh, yeah. You know, so it was a um, man. I grew up in a great family. You know, my parents, my biological parents had me out of wedlock. Um, And so my mom married my amazing father. And had two other siblings, and they moved out to California. Um, and then my biological father married my amazing mother, and they live in North Carolina without any kids. So I don't believe in the word step parent. If you notice, I never said step parents. I just have four amazing parents. Okay, um, and That's you know awesome. my yeah, yeah my, my upbringing is is I spend a lot of time on both sides of the world, as far as West and East Coast. Um, but the real crucial times that. I would say impacted my life was my high school life with my North Carolina parents and <clears throat> grew up in a great spiritual home um, and um, everything was about spiritual and church. I couldn't really enjoy life, mm-hmm. um, but they didn't talk to me about finances. They didn't talk to me about money. Everything's about house school and we're going to church. And so, <laughs> uh, I, I mean, it's even down to the point where I remember prom. Prom was like at 7 o'clock. I had to be home by 8.30. What? Oh. No. <laughs> <Wait. Right. laughs> so, you don't even get to get the party going. No. Now listen, when I'm leaving, the party is just now about to start off. Yeah, people don't even get there. It's not cool to get there at 7. <laughs> no, it's not. I I remember getting there. I was the first person to take my prime picture and it was probably maybe 50 people there and out of those 50, I think 20 of them were the teacher chaperones. <laughs> so, um, you know, but again, I'm sure my parents going to listen to this podcast, so I'm, I want to make sure that I say this. I love my parents and they yeah. were amazing parents, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I am the man I am because of all four of my parents. But, of course. Um, you know, th- they were very, very strict and very, very they had a certain way of raising me. And so when I graduated high school, you know, Victor uh, and Nicole, I, I said, you know, I'm done. Like, I want to be a grown man. I want to go do me. I wanna a- <laughs> yes, I just want to be free. And so I go off to California with my California family and I start school there. And this is no lie the first day I walked onto this school campus I've never been on a date before ever in my life I've never hugged a female like that <laughs> ever in my life. I've never kissed a young lady ever in my life and I just got excited I was like yes <laughs> I can hug you I can hug you yes and so um I was just like yo I'm a grown man yeah and man. I remember you know trying to talk to this young lady and um and she said, you know, do you have any money? And I was like, I really don't have any money and she was like, Yo, come back and talk to me when you have some money. So I said, Cool. Oh wow. Um and so the next day I walk into the college campus and there's this long line of individuals with tables, uh, with posters and t-shirts and free pizza coupons. And this guy jumps out and he says, Hey, if you fill out this credit card application, I'm gonna give you two free large pieces and one free t shirt. And I didn't really register credit card. I just registered free food, free pizza to a broke college student. Yeah. <laughs> hey, well, which Thanks. we know
1: now nothing's free,
0: right? No, nothing's free. Actually, that was the most expensive pizza I've ever paid for <laughs> in my entire life. Do you know, what?
1: that happened to
2: me in college with we were me and my best friend were walking through the mall and like this handsome guy stopped us and acted like he was like, like hey you can win this like maybe free jewelry or you get some $50 gift card i don't remember what what it was all you have to do is fill this out and we did not know and my mom like calls me what happened like you got like a hard check on your credit i still aren't even sure but anyways it wasn't good yeah. But I completely fell for it and just thought it was no big deal. So I've been there. <laughs>
0: oh, man. I, I, I'm telling you, I think it's still happening today, just in a different type of way. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that day changed my life forever because 30 days later I got the credit card and my mom was very adamant about me having a credit card. She's like, hey, you do not need it. You're not mature enough. Mm-hmm. This is not the route to go. And Again, I, I, I think I'm a grown man. Yeah. And, you know, I had that credit card and in a matter of 14 hours of me having a credit card. I maxed it out. Oh, I wow. Spent, I spent $150 on Red Lobsters, $150 on roses sending to some girl. $200. <laughs> I spent $200 on a purse sending it to a, another Whoa. female. Oh, wow. oh, you're balling.
1: Um, you're balling. I was balling, man. <laughs>
0: I had a $500 credit card, maxed it out in 14 hours. And I do exactly now what everyone does what what everyone do we spend all this money but we make the bare minimum payment yep and so when i made that bare minimum payment it was like $35 a month later they send me a notice saying, hey, we see you're in college, and we're going to increase your limit from $500 to $1,000. Oh, my mm. gosh. And I was like, well, great. I mean, I went and put a $500 sound system in the back of my black-on-black 1887 <laughs> <laughs> Nissan Maxima, and I'm like, yes.
1: Oh, you're the man it, it was, on campus.
0: <laughs> yes, I was the man. You can hear me pulling up. But here's the sad part. That car couldn't even go into reverse, you guys. So oh, I sounded wow. good. <laughs> moving forward, but <laughs> horrible, going backwards uh, and, um, make a long story short because I really want to, you know, just, just really give some encouraging stuff here. Yeah. Um, unfortunately I got kicked out of school for participating in hazing with a particular fraternity. Oh, wow. and, um, when I got kicked out of school, um, I went home when I go home, I, I sit down and I look at my life and I notice that Um, I'm $35,000 in debt, $15,000 in credit card debt, $10,000 in furniture debt, and $10,000 in student loans that I didn't need because I got a scholarship for the Mm -hmm. National Forensics League and I have my father's GI Bill. But I took out $10,000 in student loans just to have a lifestyle, just to impress Mm -hmm. people. And I got a notice one day on my door saying, you're being evicted from your apartment uh, because I didn't have a job to pay. Um, rent. for the apartment. Yeah, for the rent. So when I go home to my California family, uh, my father was like, no, you said you're a grown man. Um, you do not respect us as your parents. So go be a grown man. You made these decisions. So you reap the consequences of the decisions that you've made. And with all the pride in me, with everything in me, I was like, cool, I got this. I got friends. I'll be good. Yeah. Uh, but the truth of the fact is no one was there. No one offered me a place to lay my head. No one offered me a place where I can come take a shower. All of my friends, the young lady that I tried to impress, no one was there to even help me out. So at the age of nineteen, I'm homeless, sleeping in the back of my car, wow. while my mom is thinking I'm at uh, someone's house. Mm. The truth is, I'm homeless because hey, you don't have <laughs> the pride.
1: You don't have the guts to tell them. I mean, you're too prideful to say. You know, look, I literally have nowhere to stay. I'm assuming, right?
0: Yes. I'm very prideful. I don't want to go back and apologize. Mm-hmm. I don't want to own my mistakes. Um, and so I'm calling my friends and my friends are saying, hey, you can't do it here. Or some of my friends didn't even pick up the phone and, and even respond. Oh my! Gosh. And so I um, will never forget, I'm sleeping off um, Highway 76 at a Walmart there in Oceanside, California. And that was the toughest time of my life because then- is when I realize. On other interviews in the past and the podcast, always say I found myself. But today I'm changing that. On this amazing podcast, <laughs> is I didn't find myself. The truth is, you guys, I put myself into that situation. Yeah, mm-hmm. I put myself into that much debt. I got myself unfortunately kicked out of school. I made every single one of those decisions. Because I was trying to impress people, live a lifestyle that I could not afford, and, and, and just try to be the coolest person for what?
1: Right. And,
0: and nothing came from it. Mm-hmm. The only thing that came from it was me being homeless. When neither sides of my family are broke. Now, they may not be rich, but they were doing good. And there was no reason why I should have ended up there. And yeah. so that's where this passion comes from for me is... Um, I'm so passionate about helping millennials and young people just really make good decisions, better decisions when it comes to their life, when it comes to their finances, when it comes to building quality relationships and really just starting off their life correctly mm-hmm. and healthy, building a solid foundation that they can build on for their future, for their future families and future kids and building a legacy. But all that starts with how we start. And I didn't start correctly.
1: Yeah, and and so you know, how did you start digging yourself out of that hole? Where where does where does Anthony O'Neill, you know, the guy you know you see on Instagram and YouTube and at the seminars? Where did he come from after that? How did he come out of that?
0: You know, it was the last night in my car, and I just I really just started crying. I just really started um, just saying, you know, what it's time for you to to let go of your pride. It's time for you to. Just own your mistakes. Um, and my father was like, you're good. He was like, thank you for apologizing. Thank you for being real. Come home and let's get this thing fixed. Mm-hmm. And I went home and my dad handed me a Dave Ramsey budget form. You guys, this is almost <laughs> like 15 years ago, almost. And um, he said, you're going to get on the budget. You're going to get a job and you have six months to get out of this house. So, again- mm-hmm. Get a job, you want to get on the budget, and you have to be out within six months, and that's exactly what I did. My very first job was working for a collection agency, which was so embarrassing. That was the irony too, yeah. Oh man, yeah. I was like, okay, wait. We collected for a particular bank, and when I tell you this much, I owe that bank as well. So I'm thinking, (laughs) like. The next person I got to call, it could be my name. (laughs) So (laughs) I was having a heart attack every day going to work. And that was the first credit card that I paid off because at least I can go into work without (laughs) worrying about that. (laughs) I got a job doing that, being a bill collector. And then I had picked up a second job washing cars. Mm. And I just literally started attacking my debt using the, uh, the debt snowball method, still made some bad financial decisions around that time. But I really, 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 really started just aggressively attacking my debt. Mm-hmm. It was probably right around 25, 26 years old where I really said, you know what? I'm about to get rid of all of this. And and i never forget, I was sitting in the office at my job and this young person came up to me and said, how are you doing all of this? Like young people should learn this. And I said, you know what? that's what i'm going to do so i opened up a non-profit called uh, young people succeeding incorporated and i just literally started traveling the world going into high schools colleges churches um, anyone that would accept me and i started teaching young people how to succeed earlier on started sharing my story and it opened me up to be within uh, one of the top millennials um, in, in the state of florida and getting invited out to the white house and doing some great stuff around the world which eventually uh, landed me here at Ramsey Solutions with all the great work I was doing out there and partnering with Dave uh, because my heart is really millennials, young people, and helping them win.
1: Yeah, that that's yeah, that's quite a story. And actually, if you don't mind, how how old are you? Because me and Nicole, we we try to guess your age, and I think we're way off.
0: <laughs> okay, wait, wait. How, how old do you all
1: think I am? Well,
2: I'm already wrong because I heard you say when you were 26. and I guess 26. <laughs> so, so you, so you guess
0: <laughs> 26. That's a good thing. I mean, that look
1: <laughs> I said I said around my age. So I'm 28. I said 28, 29. But now I'm thinking like you're you're in your early 30s.
0: Oh man I like
1: y'all. <laughs> Thank you so much. Y'all are amazing but I'm 35. Okay, okay, awesome. So hey, you know that that that's really good to hear because, you know, I mean, just coming out of – some people just never come out of that hole. You right, know what I yeah. mean? Right. That, that's, that's an easy way to – it's an easy to dig that hole, but it's really hard to get out of it. it and some people just, like you said, to pay the minimums forever. And I mean you end up paying what? Like double the credit card by oh, the time yeah, you're double. done with it, um, yeah. which, which is uh, – yeah, something that we, we want to get into is something that you know, you're, you're adamant about too is like student debt you know because that's yeah. something that you had and mm-hmm. i was doing some research before our call and it said we have about 44 million borrowers right mm-hmm. now uh, in student loans and it's about at 1.5 trillion dollars <laughs> $1. wow yeah. the the debt right now so what what is that problem and why why is it okay to profit off that too and how do you not let that happen. Mm-hmm.
0: Well the problem is a lack of education. You know when you talk about 1.5 trillion dollars. I want you to think about this. You know uh, the first college to take out student loans was Harvard University back in 1840. We didn't cross over to the 1 trillion mark until 2012. So I'm estimating that's about 170 wow. years. Wow. Yeah. So it took us 170 years to get to 1 trillion dollars but then We're already at Mm 1.5 since 2012 to 2017. And so I believe what is happening and what we're seeing is it's just a lack of education and really helping young people understand that you do not need student loans. A recent study came out here just a couple of days ago that um, I forgot the number. So I'm going to say. I'm saying nearly 50 um, percent. I know it's a little bit higher now, but I want to be safe. Uh, so i I'd be correct on this podcast. Yeah. But nearly 50 percent of millennials feel as if they would never, ever get out of debt. Never. Wow. This includes their student loans, their car payments, their credit card payments. Mm-hmm. And it's sad because I remember being in the back of my car saying, how am I going to do this? How am I going to get out of debt? When the average person is making anywhere between thirty-eight dollars and $42,000, once they graduate from college, I can see why they feel that way. Mm-hmm. But to anyone listening right now in this podcast, you can and you will get out of debt. But how do we fix this? Is One, we have to really start teaching our young people in high school and even as early as middle school, different options and different ways to go to college. Everyone says it's okay to get student loans. And I believe that is a bunch of crap. We need to teach them, hey, get scholarships, get grants. And there's nothing wrong with going to a community college Yeah. because you can go there much cheaper, get the exact same classes, mm-hmm. get the exact same credits that you need for much, much cheaper. And here in the state of Tennessee, as long as you maintain a certain GPA, you can go there for your first two years for free.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So That's awesome. There are
0: so many different options and programs out there, Mm -hmm. but our schools are not teaching that. But again, I can't be mad at the counselors. When you have six counselors to nearly 3,000 students, that's hard to really effectively mentor and teach them and train them up correctly, which is why I'm so passionate about what my team and I here are doing because we really, really want to help them. That number has to go down. 1.44 million borrowers, right? Yeah, Mm -hmm. And so Right now, there are currently 8 million borrowers who are in default. And moving on every single year, they're saying that it's going to be another million defaulters coming into, you know, the default stage. So this means if you really break it down, 28 seconds, every 28 seconds in a day, in a week, in a month, that someone's going into default. And it's because we're not giving them the proper education up front to help right. them start correctly.
1: Yeah. And, and that's something that me and Nicole were talking about. Mm-hmm. And it's not just about, you know, paying for college. Right. It's not just about that's just finances in general. Like you learn. Yeah, yeah we learn we learn useful information in middle school and high school that, you know, the basics yeah. that you need. But like what happens when you go do your taxes for the first time? You're like, yeah. right, because
2: the- I'm like, I'm, I watched your video on YouTube, like book smart for street smart, street smart too. And I'm very book smart, but when it comes to like street smart and just knowing like how to do taxes and finances and stuff, I am not good at it. And I just, I mean, I was never taught it, but had it been a class in school at all, I would have made sure I understood it, yeah, you know, exactly. and thankful that I have my parents like helping me always try to build my credit and do things like that when I was younger. But I mean, I never felt like I could do it on my own because I didn't know what I was doing.
1: Yeah. And I honestly, it wasn't until I got my degree, my bachelor's in finance, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's not to say that I was like financially savvy my whole life. But when I got my financial, you know, finance degree, it opened my eyes Mm -hmm. to like mutual funds and compounding interests and, you know, investments. And it's like, where was all this stuff before? You know, right.
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. It's something that, that I think, um, which is one of the main reasons why I did that video, book smart versus street smart, because mm-hmm. I believe it has to be a healthy balance. You can't yeah. be all be- book smart and no streets, and you definitely can't be all streets and no books. Yeah. Um, it has to be a good balance. You know, our mm-hmm. schools do a great job at teaching us how to read, write, process information, and add, uh, but they're not doing a good job. When it comes to helping us all, especially young people now in schools on how to live life, right. um, you know, the basic stuff, you know, how do I change my tire? I had a 22 yeah. year old young man call me just a couple of days ago saying, hey, Anthony, how do I change my tire? I got a flat. I'm out in the middle of nowhere. I, don't ha- I can't call someone to come get me. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you're 22 years old. You do not know how to change a tire. <laughs> There's yeah. a problem there. And I'm like, yeah. that, that's, that's a huge problem, but you know how to do all this crazy right. multiplication. I mean, we're even teaching, I was with my nephew, um, and he's going into the uh, kindergarten, and they're already teaching him how to multiply big numbers. No I'm way. Like, wait a, <laughs> like wait, wait, wait a minute, what are we doing? So yeah. I believe that we're we're putting emphasis on things that are not as important. Yeah. Every young person should know what is a credit score. Know what is what does it really mean uh, to have a credit score? What is a debit card? How do I budget? Um, how do I open up a checking account? I had to walk with a twenty-one year old to go teach them how to open up a checking and a savings account, and I'm like, this is this is very odd to me, mm-hmm. um, and it kind of frustrates me that. The schools are spending so much time on this, but no time on that. Yeah. And
2: what's weird is when my mom was in school, we she graduated from the same school that I went to, but I mean, it was a while ago and they had cooking, uh, like checkbook class. They had sewing, like they had all like the basic yeah. things that they thought you should know, like how to balance a checkbook. And I think it's like called home ec or something. And then now there's, there's, I mean, what is it like photography or something, you know?
1: Well, and, and then to your point, Nicole, and something else like twofold to, you know, learning basic skills is that (laughs) another thing that I don't think should be pushed all the time is that college isn't for everybody. Right.
2: That's true. And,
1: and it's one of those things that like, if if trade, like right now, Electricians, you know, Mm -hmm. AC heating repair, (laughs) linesmen, all these, those are the millionaires of the future. Because yes. nobody knows how to fix their car engine, nobody knows how to fix their yes. AC unit, and yeah. that that's something that if you're not a person that can just sit there and study, study, study. But
2: that's you true. Can, People feel pressured if you don't go to college, then you're going to do nothing yeah. with your life. Mm. When really, my brothers.
1: But if you enjoy the super, tinker and yeah. you can spend time working on something with your hands and mm-hmm. you enjoy that, by all means, you will that's get. True. You will have a job in a heartbeat if you if you learn electricity. Yeah.
0: <laughs> You know, and to your point there, Victor, you're hitting that dead on, man. Um, They're saying that handymen are are coming to an end and that they are the future, though. Um, When you look at welders, if you go to welding school, a welding trade school, it takes you about six to eight months to go through the program. But as soon as you come out you're guaranteed a salary minimum of eighty to $90,000. Yep. And you didn't spend a lot of money to go there, but mm-hmm. it is hard labor. It is working outside. It is using your hands. But in these days and times, we're raising a generation that wants to be an AC, sit behind a desk, have a briefcase, yeah. and be yeah. the corporate executive, which mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. But I think what we have to start doing is exposing our young people to everything. And you're right. College is not for everyone. It's not. Um, and so, uh, man, y'all, man, y'all, I better be quiet because I like y'all. Y'all going to have me
1: <laughs> no, preaching and, on here in school.
0: <laughs> and and
1: uh, like, for example, a prime example is uh, Nicole's brother, right? Uh, Nicole's mm. brother, yeah, you would look at him. You, you wouldn't know what he does if you just look at him. But he didn't go to college. He went to uh, – first he went to uh, okay. electrician school mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and then he became a linesman. So he
2: works on the mm. power so lines. So he works
1: on the power lines. And now, I mean, he's easily making over 100 grand a year. <laughs> just doing that yeah he works hard yeah it's a little dangerous but he college and doing books and going doing that stuff wasn't for him he was a more outdoors hands-on hard-working guy and now he makes more than everybody that just got out of college that just graduated you know several years even five years you, ago maybe. you would
2: really like him because he doesn't believe in credit cards at all and like he's <laughs> he, like the type that would like bury his money before he does anything with it like he's so like he penny pinches yeah and he's no like, he's a Best he saver. just got like, his first. He's 24, and he just got his first credit card. Like maybe I mean, he six owns like 40 acres.
1: Ago. It's crazy. Like uh, being 40, that, a, 80, acres. 80 acres, 80 acres. He owns yeah. 80 acres of land. I mean, he, he yeah. has the best credit. He, you know, he has a really good job. Like he, he's set. And
2: he was very mature for his age. At, like when he was 18, he was already in the mindset of just hard work, save. Find a wife. And
1: I think that has to do with where we live, too. Yeah, you know, that's that kind of how it is around That small town, middle, here. like, mm-hmm. village of 800 people. Everybody's just hardworking, outdoors people. But, yeah, that's just one example. Yeah.
2: And I yeah. think people going to college, too, do you think it's kind of where, so, they want to go to the bigger, more expensive colleges because they think, like, the games are fun, like, the football games, and they want to. The
1: party. Like, for the
2: wrong reasons, like, do you know what I mean? Like, more for the wrong reasons because it's all about. Show turning and eighteen where you and go. trying
0: to have fun. Yeah. yeah. I think I mean, you know, I, I think uh we can accredit that to some. I mean mm-hmm. we we can say that's for some. I think the majority is when you think of these big Ivy League schools like your Harvard's Yales, Princeton, mm-hmm. I think the pressure comes from the community. Prestige. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. So it's like, oh you went to Harvard. Wow, you're amazing. Oh, you just went to the local college here? Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. That's right. Yeah. It's like, you know, what what makes an individual is not the school, it is the education that is in their brain. Mm-hmm. Then what? What do you use, and how do you use the education that you've learned? I've met a lawyer from UCF um, that I was like amazed by, but then I've also met other people who went to Harvard, and I'm really not that impressed because I feel as if those Ivy League schools. Uh, make make them feel comfortable, yeah. and so what I tell my young people is, hey, it's not the school; it's not even where you go. It's mm-hmm. do you get the education, and how do you use the education? Mm-hmm. Going to a, a Ivy League school to spend anywhere from you know eighty to one hundred and twenty thousand dollars a year—that um, is ridiculous yeah. to me. When you can go to local in-state school and only borrow $100,000 for 4 year if you did student loans which is still something that is ex- I, I just yeah. disagree with doing <laughs> taking out student loans yeah. um, but um it, there's there's so much around that just frustrates me. Now let me say this. I don't think going to Harvard makes you horrible because no. you spent no. that money. If you pay cash for it, I am great, but I would definitely say if you borrowed money and and borrowed nearly $300,000 to go to Harvard. I think that was a very poor decision
1: yeah yeah and actually harvard does a lot of free tuition oh uh, really yeah harvard does a lot of free tuition if you do if you do their research and if you have the grades academics if you set yourself yeah. up for that success mm-hmm. then uh they'll, they'll, they'll do a lot of free tuition um yeah. and something that i want to transition to now is like okay so you know we could put some faults on the system and how it's set up but at the same time do you think the generation of our generation i guess millennials and now the younger generation that's coming. In are they lazy? Are they are they in a sense like feel like success comes fast? You know, everybody's an entrepreneur. Everybody, I mean, the statistics. I mean, I was looking at one. It's like twenty one percent, which I've fallen into this one. Twenty one percent of millennials switch jobs in less than a year. Yeah. Um, So is, is there is there a part of that that you know is maybe like all right, we can't feel as entitled to get the 80 grand right off the bat. Like you just came out of college. You don't have the experience. You might want to stick around somewhere for a while, you know?
0: Yeah. 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 And that's right. And that's, that is correct. Nearly, um, 21%. And then there's another article, Dave and I was just talking about this, that they're saying that, uh, nearly 60% of millennials want to be an entrepreneur. So when I look at this, Um, They want to have their own business. They want to be big. They want to be successful. They want to do their own thing. And they're not willing to serve someone else to learn, to grow. Mm -hmm. And when I look at this issue, I have to take it back to the parents. And I take it back to the parents because the typical parent gives out allowances. They give out, like, hey, if you make up your bed, I will give you this. Just because you're my son or daughter, I'ma give you a hundred dollars. Hey, I'm gonna give you this. I'm gonna do this. So it's kind of like we've given them everything that they have. Mm-hmm. And when it's time for them to get out there and work and earn, they're like, Well, wait, I should just be giving it. Yeah. And we've really never really instilled into our younger people, you know, yo, you need to work. Yeah. My nephews right now are five and six and they know everything comes at a cost. You work, you get paid. If you don't work, you do not get paid. And I don't get me wrong. I believe that entrepreneurship is important. I believe the country stands on the back of small businesses. So I want entrepreneurs. But at the same time, I don't want an entrepreneur that never had to work or that could never keep a job for five, six, seven years and really learn and grow, then go out and launch something. And so um, I do believe that there is a sense of entitlement. Um, I think that even I, at my age, um, at a younger age, I had a sense of entitlement, Yeah. but I really had to learn that, hey, you know what, if I am going to be successful, one, I need to be stable um, and one, I need to serve somewhere. I need to get somewhere and just work hard um, and grow from there.
1: Yeah. And I think you're, you're absolutely right on the, the given stuff. And I also think, I mean, not saying to like really knock kids down, but like everybody getting a medal and everybody getting a ribbon and not really learning failure, not really letting people fail and know what that feels like. So when you get mm-hmm. out in the real world, do you fail and you bounce back better? You know, I feel yeah. like that, that hinders us as well. You know what I mean? Yeah,
0: it really does. And then also when you think, when you really look at it, Uh, Victor is Also, you know, uh, my generation Y'all are younger So y'all generation, maybe not as so But when we were all younger Instagram wasn't around. Yeah. Facebook wasn't around. Right. I remember when AOL came out and we had the Messenger. Dial up. <laughs> Messenger with the yeah. dial-up. And if somebody yes. picked up the phone, it's like, hey, up the phone. You <laughs> off. My mama would scream and say, get off the phone. You know, Shoot, I remember, I remember those days. I remember, I remember
1: when the- DSL first came out, and I was like, this is crazy. What?
0: Yes. yes. And then cable came out. Yeah. And we're like, oh my goodness, Our Are you serious (laughs) um and so i like we grew up and we didn't see everything unless we seen it in person yeah we didn't see what you know you all were doing across america i didn't see what my home girl was doing over here Mm and and New York, I didn't see that. So now when you get on Instagram and Instagram has a way of making everyone look like they're doing so much better than what they really are. Mm -hmm. Uh, We want that instantly, but we do not want to go through the failures, the going through the valley, going through, you know, the rough times to get there. Mm -hmm. I, I call this generation, a a microwave generation and our, and our parents grew up in the oven generation. Yeah, you know, that's, a a good one. that's a great analogy. Yeah, that
2: is.
0: Yeah, and it's like so I I have to remind myself that. I have to be honest with myself every mm-hmm. single day. I desire success. I want to, you know, be the number one millennial motivational speaker. I want to sell more books than anyone out there in the world. I I I want it. But I also realized that, hey, it took Dave Ramsey 25 years to get to where he is right now. It took you know um Beyonce and Jay-Z and Taylor Swift it took them a while to get to where they were they were working on their craft for a while like there's nothing wrong with being in the oven because here's the thing it cooks better it keeps its juices and it just tastes good yeah. and so, so for me <laughs> anyone that gets a taste of my youtube a taste of my instagram a taste of my book a taste of my heart That is an oven taste that you're tasting, and it's juicy, and it's something that's going to help you move forward into your life. Mm -hmm. I don't want something that is microwave, that was quick, and it's not really something solid that can really help you move forward. Mm -hmm. And that's what I desire for myself, for you all, for everyone listening. Is don't be in a rush to get to success. I actually embrace failure. I learn from it. I'm, I'm passionate about it. When I fail, I'm like, great, I actually succeeded. Because I just learned what not to do the next time, yeah. And so um, that's that's where I am with this generation.
2: Yeah, that that's really a really good way to put it. And do you travel quite a bit then?
0: I travel nearly sixty percent of the month. I'm, I'm on the road wow. all the time. Wow. Um, in colleges, in churches, uh, doing media, um, and just really inspiring. You know, uh, anytime I can get in front of young people. Um, and millennials and young couples, I- I'm there.
2: What are you? What are your secrets on traveling on a budget? Because every time I travel, I feel like my budget is just, you know, convenience. Like, oh, we got to eat here, but it's so expensive, and we spend way too much money just on everything I mean
1: it was I mean we we we, we did we were doing better but I remember one trip we took to New York and it was literally like for the weekend we spent like $500 on food and we're like this is not sustainable and that was
2: just (laughs) to survive on it's not even like we were being frivolous like you know it was very it was
1: just very easy Yeah. you know so I don't know what what, what are your I mean and just for any type of travel you know if somebody's going on a vacation or business or whatever you know what are your what are your travel
0: tips on budgeting (laughs) well you know I'm going to to, um uh, Greece and Hawaii this summer. Oh, uh, that's awesome. Uh, I want to go to, to
2: Greece to...
0: so bad. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But what, one thing that I I really do is I I always picture my why. I I put my why up. So my why is I want to be wealthy. Um I want to provide things for my family that, you know, I I didn't have. You know, my parents didn't get married. They got married, but they didn't have a wedding. They didn't have a honeymoon. You know, we lived in a three bedroom house with a total of seven people in it. So it was very tight and uncomfortable. So I say all this to get to answer your question was, I know my why. And I say, I'm not going to allow anything to hinder me or to slow me down from accomplishing that. Why? Mm-hmm. So every single month I'm saving towards that. Every single month I'm living way below my means. So with me going to Greece, I use my Every Dollar app, which is a budgeting app that I use. I think it's the best one. And so for the last four months, I've been setting money aside to specifically go towards those two vacation spots. Mm-hmm. And what I literally do is I put that I have a um, prepaid debit card that I use from Regents Bank here. And I put all that money on that card and I leave my actual spending account on oh. that, that debit card at my house. That's smart. Now, yeah, that
1: is. Now, if an
0: emergency happens, I can transfer the money to that card. But I don't even bring the actual debit card mm-hmm. because I don't even want to have a chance to look at it and see like, oh, I can do this. Right. So it forces me to stay within that budget because now I got to think about it three times to go transfer the money, to wait a couple of hours for the money to hit my account. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, hey, I, I do that. And so what I always do is I look at the restaurants that I want to go to and I say, all right, cool. I like that. I'm going to try that. And I look at their menu, see what is the average meal going for there, and I save up for all that. Mm-hmm. Now, when I get there, I give myself a little bit of cushion, maybe like a couple more hundred dollars for the vacation, because I'm going for two weeks. And so I do need a little bit of um, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, some money. Yeah, course. Yeah, yeah. 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 So um, I just give myself a little cushion just in case um, I go over and I want something. But no matter what that budget is, I stick to it. And what motivates me to stick to it is if you go back to your checking account, that's going to slow you down uh, for putting the pool in the backyard for your kids down the yeah. road. Yeah. I don't want right. to rob from my future and from my, my big goals in life because my big goals fuels my small term goals and, and it keeps me accountable to the things and decisions I made today with my money.
1: Yeah, and that makes sense. I yeah. saw I saw a TED Talk and these researchers basically, and it, it was something simple they did. They had like a sliding bar, like a a, 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 a sideways sliding bar, and it had a, a one face on the left side and one face on the right side, and it was your savings in the middle. So the more you slid that bar to the right as your daily spending, mm-hmm. the more the guy in the future was on the right was sad, but the guy today was happy. <laughs> you know, right. so it's kind of equating the emotions to how you would feel oh, if you're spending, you know, two, three hundred dollars a day today, your future self is going to be pissed off because they'll still be working type yeah, of deal.
2: God, yeah. yeah.
1: You know, it. So, so, it. So, so that's interesting. And so how uh, just something quick, uh, how do you suggest or what are so like some tips that you could give people to set themselves up for that financial freedom in the future? Right. That savings, that retirement. Because uh, that's not something that we talk a lot about, you know, in normal day life. People just are working for today. And
2: our, our age, I feel like we don't really even think about it, you know, because we're just yeah. more like uh, now, now, now. And,
1: and we, a pension doesn't exist nowadays either. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So right. people right. are trying to, you know, you can do what you can with a 401k, but like where are you really going to make the bulk or have the bulk of your money ready? Because I heard you say somewhere like it's somewhere around like 200 grand by the time you're retired that you'll be spending on medical bills alone yep. um yes. so how, how do you plan for that
0: well the key thing for planning i believe is you got to have a vision for your life you got you got to give yourself that motivation and so what i tell a lot of young people especially in between 25 and 34 years old is to sit down if you're by yourself with the accountability partner or with your spouse or fiance say you know what is our ultimate goal you know how do we want to retire um, and I even go down to the point is not as fancy and, 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 and attractive, but young, you know, man, how do you wanna die? You know, mm-hmm. what do you wanna leave your family with? Do you wanna leave them with wealth, with businesses, with land, or do you wanna leave them with debt? Like and really, really think about that, especially for couples. And so then what I do is that's my motivation. And I'm always working towards that, and and I backtrack, and so the the inspiration and the the practical steps. What I tell everyone is, it's to follow Dave Ramsey's baby steps if you really, really want to get towards your end goal. And that's, of course, baby step number one is get a thousand dollars emergency fund, and after that, get out of debt using the debt snowball. And this is all debt excluding your home mortgage. So if you have a car note, if you have credit cards, what we want you to do is to get completely debt free. So this way you can have three months into your emergency fund just in case an emergency happens. Now we start looking into our retirement. And I tell every young person, if you're working, you need to maximize your 401k, especially if they're matching it. Start just putting some money into that as much as you possibly can, and then also max out a Roth IRA. And so 15% of your growth income is what I want to see you investing earlier on. The earlier you are, the more wealthier you'll be in the end. My good friend Chris Hogan wrote a book called um, Everyday Millionaires, and he interviews Everyday people from school teachers, um, firefighters, policemen, um, welders, accountants, school principals who are all millionaires. Because they started investing and they got out of debt at an early age. Yeah. So he didn't interview celebrities who are making $30 million a year. No, he interviewed people who are making about $60,000, $70,000 a year. And their net worth is over a million dollars. That's crazy. Yeah. So I would, I would definitely encourage every young person who's listening to this podcast to get his book, book called The um, Everyday Millionaire.
2: And, what, and what's your book called?
0: My book is called The Graduate Survivor Guide. This is a great book for parents to give to their kids. Oh, nice. So that way when they're in the you know, 11th and 12th grade, mm-hmm. um, they can uh, really learn the five mistakes you can't afford to make in college once they get into college. Um, and then I have another book coming out this year, later on this year around uh, October. October 8th is when it's expected to come out that we'd love to come back on the podcast and talk about that. because yeah. It would be a great, great, mm-hmm. great book to talk
1: about. Yeah, for sure. And and to your point about the, the normal everyday people, I, I saw they did like a little segment on TV and it just happened to catch it. This parking attendant, nobody bats an eye to a parking attendant, right? He's just like a little parking security guard. And he was a penny pincher to his kids. You know, back in that time, it was like, what, 75 cents, you know, for lunch or less. And if it was your, or let's say it was 70 cents, he gave him 75. He wanted those five cents when they got back, mm-hmm. that type of deal. <laughs> but the parking uh, lot where he worked was outside of a like an investment firm. And so yeah. every day he'd get this advice, say, hey, you know, what's doing good? You know, what's, you know, what's positive? What's mm-hmm. in the up and up? And he took any money that he had and he invested it on blue chip stocks, essentially. And wow. now he has all his, all his kids' college he paid for, his house was all paid off. He has a multi million dollar portfolio. Wow! But Ooh. he's just a normal guy working as a parking attendant. It's just insane. It could be mm-hmm. anybody. Right. You know what I mean? Yes. You just don't know. And if, if you have that knowledge. He was lucky enough to get free advice every day from people coming
2: out of the building.
1: (laughs) But you know what I mean? If you look for it, it's there.
2: And he took
0: it. Yeah. 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 Gotta have exposure, man. I think you have to expose yourself. I tell every young person every year, examine the closest people around you um, and just look at them. See where they're going. Uh, See if you're the smartest person in your circle. And just really look and see, okay, how can I expose myself to something more? What can I do better? Who can stretch me? Uh, Because that parking attendant, I'm pretty sure, was exposed to that stock um, option by somebody else that was also investing. And so, you know, you're ready to start investing. If you wanna build wealth, if you wanna start a business, you gotta start getting around those people and those individuals who are already doing it that can teach you so you can learn. Do it, and then come back and teach somebody else.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I really like that. Uh, if you're the smartest person in the room, get a new room.
0: Yeah,
1: uh, yeah. mentality, and that's very true. Um, and and just last thing to end on a on the very up and up. You're such a positive, mm-hmm. you know, forward moving person. How do you keep that up and and you know what advice would you give to people to like stay positive cuz it's easy to wake up and be like god I don't want to go to work today god I don't want to do this man it's such a dreadful day like what do you do uh in your daily to mm-hmm. keep that motivation up
0: Man I remind myself every single day when I wake up I read this quote that's on my bathroom mirror And it is the caliber of my future will be determined by the choices that I make today. Then right below that is the caliber of my future family's future will be determined by the choices I make today. Then the quote below that is (laughs) the caliber of my grandchildren's future will be determined by the choices I made today. And so I'm not perfect. We all are going to have bad days, and we're all going to make mistakes. But every single day when I wake up at 4.30 a.m., I read those three things, and it just pushes me, and it, it inspires me. When I do not feel like coming into the office, when I do not feel like going to a speaking engagement, when I do not feel like being bothered by my team on certain days, I remind myself, you need to make the right decision, Anthony, because this will impact you, this will impact your future family, and this will impact your grandchildren. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people look at me like, man, that's just, you really want a family. I do. And you know what? That's what—that's what's motivating me. And that's what keeps a smile on my face. That's what makes me get up every single day and, and read and, and grow and go to the gym and work on my body, you know, because I don't want to die young. I want to have a healthy heart and live as long as I can. And um, that's why I travel the world to impact as many Uh, kids and and young people and millennials and parents, you name it, as much as possible uh, because I just want so much more for my kids. You know, I never went on a family vacation. My family never took us to Disney World or to Disneyland. I never went out of the state of North Carolina or California when I was young with my family. And I want to do that with my kids. I want to take my kids out of the country once a year and I want to take my wife on a nice trip every 3 months when we're married. Mm-hmm. Um and and what I do now will impact that. It will either if I do debt then I will not be able to do it. If I stay away from debt and build wealth, I'll be able to do that. So that's what motivates me. Write down your why and you have to stick to that why. And that why has to be so deep. Not I want a nice car, I want a nice um, house. No, it needs to be so deep. Something that when you sit down and you think about it, sometimes you cry. Sometimes you just get emotional. When you feel like quitting, that thing gets you right back up and says, oh, no, I can't quit. Once you figure that thing out, that why, that dream, that vision, that will motivate you the way minds motivates me.
1: Yeah, that that that's, that's really, really cool. Good. And if you think about that, that, I mean, thinking like, oh my, if if I do right now, my kids' kids' kids will have it way easier as a start-off point, you know, mm-hmm. than yep. than you know than maybe I had. And I had it good, but I wanted them to be better and their kids. You know yes. what I mean? And mm-hmm. Like if yes. you're if you're able to be that grandpa that takes everybody on a vacation, you know, yeah. that that makes an impact. So yeah, you're you're absolutely right. So I like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I thank you so much, Anthony. Uh, just last, real quick, tell tell everybody where you know they can find you on. on on socials and your book and again, and on, on your website, all that.
0: Yeah. My Instagram handle is at Anthony O'Neill. There are several fake pages out there. So look for the blue check Mark. Um, (laughs) And um, and everything is Anthony O'Neill on other social media platforms, but I'm very active on social media. 100% of the posts, 100% of the comments, feedbacks, I reply to every one of my social media. I don't do DMs, but if you comment on my pictures or ask me a question on my pictures, I do respond personally myself uh, because I just believe in just helping as many people as I possibly can. And so I like to connect there on Instagram or they can go to my website, anthonyonell.com. And there, I have a lot of great resources when it comes to money, college, education, careers, relationships—you name it—and my schedule as far as and if I'm coming to come into a city near you, um, you can see what city I'll be at. So, anthonyo.neil.com and Anthony O'Neill at all of my socials, and all of my socials do have the blue check mark.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Hey, it was a pleasure to speak with you. Yes,
0: thank you so much.
1: A very uh insightful uh conversation. I love the I love the back and forth. I like I love this getting was deep really, in conversation. This was really it, it was really good. Yeah. Um and yeah, we appreciate having you on and, and and thank you so much. Ah, thank you all so much, and I appreciate you all.
2: All right, I hope you guys really enjoyed that insightful conversation. Yeah, I hope Anthony you learned Owen something. Neil. Um, now we're going to move on to my favorite segment, Weird or Normal.
1: Weird or Normal. <laughs> you like that? Yeah. <laughs> this
2: one goes out to Dom. Okay, Dominic, this one's for you because he had a little tweet the other day. A
1: little Twitter tiff with you?
2: No, it wasn't <laughs> a tiff. Oh, <laughs> uh, so he said in general, anyone that uses bars of soap are disgusting, basically. So Vic...
1: <laughs> and you know, this is hilarious because Nicole gets on me all the time yeah. for using the liquid body wash.
2: It's gross. I
1: think it's way better, one...
2: Not that it's gross. I'll tell you what I do. and So Vic doesn't like bars of soap and use bars of no, soap.
1: No, I don't use bars of soap.
2: I do. So, okay, what do you do in the shower?
1: I have a loofah and I put my... I put my uh, body wash on it and I just scrub my body top to bottom. Okay. And I feel like I get a nice, deep clean. It lasts a lot longer and it's like...
2: So you only wash your body once? What do you mean? In the shower. One good scrub-a-dub with... Uh,
1: scrub. Yeah, scrub my arm, yeah, scrub yeah. my chest, scrub my other arm, get the back or the best parts that I can get on my back, yeah. you know, and like, so yeah, I go... Um, Have you
2: always been this way? Have you ever used bars of soap?
1: I did use bars of soap, but what I didn't like is a lot of times, especially years before, I felt like I had like a a coating Mm. on my body from the bar of soap. That's one. Two, I don't like the thought of scrubbing between my... Private areas, okay, and then having to use that same bar of soap on my face,
2: okay, or well, self, something like bars that. of soap are self cleaning. Okay,
1: I'm just saying, I, I don't, you know,
2: yeah, I know. I've given my side. I though. don't even
1: put my loofah in those areas. You know what I mean? I oh, use my really? hand. You oh, know?
2: Oh gosh, you're weird about it. I just. What do you got going on Nothing.
1: <laughs> nothing. Kidding. I mean, I'm
2: kidding.
1: exits only. You know.
2: <laughs> um. Okay. So I am a soap snob.
1: Yeah, she is. She's like, I can only get Dove Soap. Stop,
2: stop. In in college, my roommate, Mariah, she... Okay, so Dominic actually tweeted something and then Mariah said, Nicole, my best friend, do you care to say something back because she knows this about me? Which I don't think like (laughs) hardly anyone knows. But I always use Dove Soap, like unscented, the sensitive skin... To this day. In college. And Mariah, I would like to say, Mariah, do you just use like that you know, perfume, soap in the shower. Like, do you feel clean? And she's like appalled. She's like, yes. <laughs> uh, what do you mean? I was like, if I don't use, so what I do is I do shampoo and then I scrub my body down with Dove soap. I don't put it in my private parts and then on my face because it has like a low pH, is it? It's not good for your face, I guess. So I have face wash. Okay. So I scrub my body all down with soap. Then I rinse and rinse uh, shampoo. Then I put in conditioner and then I use a nice scented body wash with a loofah. Okay. Because I already cleaned. So what I feel like you guys do is like, you don't get down on your hands and knees and really scrub. Like you don't sweep before you mop.
1: <laughs> that, okay. That's the best
2: analogy. Okay. So that's what I do. Okay. And I, I tried the whole you I tried the whole thing. I'm
1: not a floor.
2: I tried the whole thing with the body wash cuz in college, you know, money's kind of tight and I'm like, "Oh, okay. Well, let's just try this body wash thing." Mm-hmm. I started to like feel not clean and what like my do- parts were just- starting to hurt. Like it was like I was putting like this perfume in places that it wasn't sp- Supposed to be like, I'm these, sorry that you
1: bought acid no, instead of body I bought wash.
2: Good body wash. Also, in the big brother house, the first time they said they were going to supply bars of soap, they're like green dial is that what it is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's like evergreen or something, or it's like, like, like Irish Springs. Irish Springs, yeah. Okay, I can't use those bars of soap. I was not <laughs> getting clean, so the second time I went in. I, you know, you only get so much space. I freaking packed bars of soap and I took it to the shower and from the shower every single day. You're so
1: weird. That is very (laughs) weird.
2: So. Needless
1: to say, Nicole has the bar of soap in our shower and I use my body wash. I just, every once in a while, I'll take her bar of soap and put it through my crack. Stop. And then I don't say anything and then Mm -hmm. I let her start washing her face with it.
2: It's self-cleaning. I don't (laughs) wash my face with it. Self-cleaning. So if you had to pick, I had to just pick one thing to take with me in a shower it would be a bar of soap what would you
1: take uh one, just one thing in one the shower thing, one thing it'd be body wash cuz i could use it for my hair too if i need to 100% okay i don't know you're weird and you're going to have <laughs> to tell the story that you haven't told about the shower because this entire week in the shower the floor has been a little bit more uh oh
2: my like God, sticky that's, that's or a greasy story.
1: because for some reason there is candle wax on our shower floor and yeah. we'll save that story for next week, yeah, but I can we'll feel it, it, it on my feet.
2: It's a good one, you guys.
1: Literally, there's candle wax that'll stuck be in my,
2: there. That'll be my intro.
1: Yeah, so <laughs> there's that. All right, so Spanish word of the day. Okay. All right, Nicole, are you going to get this one?
2: I got last week's. Okay,
1: we'll see if you get this week's. Jabón. J-A-B-O-N. Jabón. Jabon.
2: Okay. Makes me think of Ham.
1: Well, you know what's funny. Hamon is ham. Mm-hmm. Okay, Hamon. that's why. But jabon, jabon. habon, habon, mm-hmm.
2: habon. Habon. Is it something that I would know?
1: Something that we've talked about.
2: Not a bar of soap. I freaking hope
1: <laughs> it's soap. Oh. <laughs> soap. Habon, soap.
2: Habon. That doesn't not even like I would never think that's soap. Well, it is. Habon. Habon. Okay.
1: Yeah, you use howong in the shower.
2: What do you call your stuff?
1: Uh, I'm not even sure how you would say. Yeah, I see. Body wash. Yeah, I don't either. think there's like a dual. Right? It would just be howong. It's still soap. Mm. Um, but so there's that. Uh, so anyway, hope you guys enjoyed today's uh, episode. Uh, agree with me on the soap uh, and body wash situation yeah
2: he needs some agreements (laughs) over there
1: um anyway so now we're gonna read our reviews like we always do because we really appreciate you guys we love you guys so much and you are definitely the reason we do this and the reason we're able to continue to do this because without you and without our listeners we are nothing so nicole take it away
2: this one is from um ned meg too good not to listen. Five stars. Nicole is by far my favorite Big bro- Brother player. Sorry, Vic. I picked this one on purpose.
1: Yeah, no kidding, <laughs> huh? <laughs> no, I'm
2: kidding. Nicole is by far my favorite Big Brother player today. Victor was one of my favorites on BB18, too. Mm. Listening to their podcast is such a breath of fresh air. I love every episode, and when I get to work, sometimes I sit in my car because I don't want to turn it off. Thanks for being a positive light to all.
1: Oh, that's so sweet.
2: I thought that was cute.
1: All right, here we go. Wonderful podcast. This is from Amanda. Nicole and Victor are awesome to listen to. I play this podcast on my way to work and it helps put me in a good mood for the day ahead the way they are able to speak so positive so positively about a range of topics is something to strive for in daily life
2: oh that's super cool
1: i know i hope one day i will find myself in a relationship as genuine open and fun as the one nicole and victor share with each other always looking forward to the next episode amanda
2: that's a good one amanda i know
1: thank you so much amanda You're awesome. Everybody's awesome. Guys, Mm -hmm. don't forget, please rate, review, and subscribe on podcasts, that little purple app on your iPhone. Or you can just go to iTunes, Apple, you know, podcasts and rate, review, subscribe there. It really helps us out on the back end. You can listen on... Wherever you're listening right now, also on Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify. Uh, you can also listen at www.cococalientepodcast.com. And you can also check out our merchandise there. Uh, and don't forget to follow us on at Coco Caliente Pod on Twitter and oh. at Coco Caliente Podcast on Instagram.
2: And also our Facebook page. Some people, it is private. So I guess when you search it, it's just called Coco Caliente Podcast. I did get a lot of new members last time I mentioned it, but then I also got a lot of messages saying, thinking that it was a page, but Uh, it's a group.
1: It's a group. Yeah. 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 Because there is a page and I haven't really been active on it. I mean...
2: Oh, there is a a page. I do have
1: a page. Yes. Oh,
2: crap. But it's under
1: under my name. It says Victor Arroyo, but it's Coco Caliente Podcast.
2: Yeah. On our podcast page, it's like where I'll I'll kind of... The group. It's the group. Oh, yeah. On the podcast group, we kind of just... I ask for questions for maybe a future guest, or we just kind of talk about weird or normal, whatever. Mm -hmm. So, yeah.
1: So, yeah, thank you guys so much. We really appreciate you guys, and we hope you enjoyed today's episode.
2: Thanks, guys.